Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway North Church based out of Winnipeg, Canada. Your Sunday sermon, any day of the week. The last time I was with you six months ago in August 2022, Gateway North was over in the Sonova Center and Gateway East was meeting in the basement, a meeting room in the basement of an apartment building. And it's wonderful how the Lord has made room for us in new places as we've needed new places to meet. Gateway East is now meeting in the East Elmwood Community Center. We, we needed to move and because we outgrew our first location, but I got to tell you the truth about the growth at Gateway East. It's, it's all God because, quite honestly, I don't know what I'm doing. And it seems that for both Gateway East and Gateway North, as we move from place to place, the path before us is rather unclear. Don't get me wrong. I'm certain that both Gateway North and Gateway East are on the right path. But can any of us say with certainty where those paths are leading? I'm quite certain that God asked Fiona, my wife Fiona and I, to lead Gateway East, to start a new expression of Gateway in an area of Gateway that Gateway has been in for 34 years. We've been there since 1988 and where my wife and I have ministered since that time. But despite how familiar it feels for my wife and I to be involved in an area where we, where we started a food bank 30 years ago, and is, which is still running, and in which we started a, a, few, a couple drop-in centers and some neighborhood Bible studies, we're very familiar with the area. Despite that, though, it suddenly feels like uncharted territories when in June of 2022, we, we, were suddenly, we suddenly found ourselves starting a new expression of church in an area where Gateway had been, but where Gateway no longer had a building. And we just felt a little lost. I simply don't have a roadmap that tells me where to go, where we're going, how to get there. In fact, I actually went onto Google Maps and typed in church planting. <laughs> it didn't help. There is no direction, no, no direction whatsoever. So I honestly feel a strong affinity with Abraham. Abraham is one of the, the famous characters mentioned in the, the chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. And because Abraham did not know where he was going either. But we also have something else in common with Abraham. We have a God who gives us directions. We have a God who guides us. I was told you're in the midst of this series called By Faith, and I can honestly say as we launched Gateway East, it was by faith, and it's still by faith. And from what I know of what's going on at Gateway North, I know that what you're doing here is also by faith. So this is a great sermon series to be doing. And today we're going to look... We're going to begin by looking at Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 10. So if you have your Bibles here, I'd encourage you to look, look in your own Bibles. You can use the screen if you want, but it's good to, to, to open our Bibles together. And so let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, uh, chap, chapter 11, verses 8 to 10. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he went 
to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. This morning I want to highlight one thing that's inseparable from faith and one thing that's incompatible with faith and one thing that's invaluable about faith. And one thought from all three of these points is that faith acts on what God says rather than on what we see. The author of Hebrews says more about Abraham than any other character in chapter 11, which should be no surprise because elsewhere in the Bible, Abraham is referred to the father of all who believe. And this chapter is all about believing. It's all about faith. So throughout Abraham's life, as we're told in the book of Genesis, Abraham, Abraham was a man who obeyed what he heard from God. As we're introduced to Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Then in 12, verse 4, it simply says, So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him. And then the first words we see in Hebrews about Abraham is by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out. He just obeyed what he was told. Now, that all sounds so simple. It all sounds so simple that it can actually, we can be tricked into thinking it, it's easy. But it was, a, it was no doubt very difficult for Abraham to do what he did. Imagine growing up in a home in which everything feels comfortable and familiar, and there's no reason that, life, that you feel life would ever be disrupted than to suddenly be told to, to up and move and to, to go across a river to an unfamiliar, faraway place with no fixed location to call home. Wait a minute. I'm talking about Gateway North now, right? <laughs> but that was Abraham's journey. And you are on a similar journey to what Abraham was on. You must know a little bit about what Abraham was going through. I'm sure you could tell me that it's not so easy to go when God says go from your country, go from your familiar building, go from your old neighborhood. It's complicated. It's uncomfortable. It's disruptive. And, and you can even lose family members as you obey people who get left behind. In other words, it took faith for Abraham to obey, and faith was expressed by your obedience as you moved to this location. And that's why the one thing that's inseparable from faith is obedience. In Genesis 15:6, it says, And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Then in Genesis 26, 4 and 5, it says when God is speaking to Abraham, uh, no, it's speaking to Abraham, Isaac, Abraham's son, it says, through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. I will do this because Abraham listened to me 
and obeyed all my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. In one case, it says it was because of his faith. In the other case, he said it was because he obeyed. Abraham was commended for his faith and for his obedience because obedience is the one thing that's inseparable from faith. They go together. This means that if you don't act on what you're told, you're not expressing faith in the one who told you to act. So I commend you, Gateway North. I want to commend you because you've expressed faith by your obedience, even though it's been complicated and disruptive and uncomfortable, and even though loved ones may have been left behind. So if obedience is inseparable from faith, what is the one thing that's incompatible with faith? Fiona and I believe God called us to stay in the Panit area. But to be quite honest, initially I had my doubts about planting Gateway East. I had, I had doubts. In fact, I expressed those doubts. I expressed those doubts to Peter, to Ron, to various people. Uh, they scoffed at me, actually. Why would Gateway buy a big property in West St. Paul and build a big, expensive building that's twice as big as the building that we'd previously had and then simultaneously plant another church plant in the area that we were actually leaving to expand elsewhere? Who does that? Find me a church who does that. It doesn't make sense. On top of that, regardless of the timing of it, it all felt very unknown to me, unfamiliar to me. I'd never done this before, and I felt insecure about it. I'm a bit of a control freak, okay? Like, and I like all my ducks in a row, and it felt like God was taking all my ducks away. Not just making them all wavy, but he just took them away. To make matters worse, I felt led to use an unfamiliar strategy, a strategy I was unfamiliar with, focused on small group gatherings that didn't focus on Sunday meetings. In fact, we were originally not even planning on having Sunday meetings. Then I was sitting with someone interested in being a part of Gateway East, and she said that she didn't see a point of joining something in which she'd have no idea who else was a part of it because they were all in small groups that didn't, didn't see each other. But, you know, I'd, I'd been thinking about having monthly meetings of you know, where we'd get together and have a food together or monthly prayer times. But what if somebody missed one of those times together? Then it would be two months before they'd see one another again. It just didn't make sense. I'll tell you what the one thing is that's incompatible with faith. Having to have everything figured out. But what about planning, people say? What about planning? I'm a planner. I like to plan. Well, I hear you. I like that too. But sometimes God leaves things very unclear and says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. If we look back at Hebrews 11 verse 8, it says, Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. He didn't have everything figured out. Wow, that's quite extraordinary. Abraham's act of going while not knowing was an exemplary act of faith. Going yet not knowing is what you have done in Gateway North as well. 
On February 8th, 2019, that's four years ago, which gives you an idea of how much planning has gone into Gateway East. We didn't just do it on a whim. For, for years, we've been planning. And I had a, a little conversation with God as I was doing some listening prayer. And I asked the Lord, Lord, if there is no building available for Gateway East, do you still want us to plant a church in the Panet area? And I listened. And I immediately felt, it's like God spoke very clearly to me and he said, you're not approaching this as if I'm in charge of it. You've got your preferences and they may not be my preferences. So I said, Lord, what might those preferences be? And again, I felt the Lord replied, I've not yet made my preferences clear, but you need to let yours, lay yours down and let me be in charge. <laughs> Ouch! I mean, I didn't like hearing that. God obviously wanted me to have faith without having complete understanding. After Abraham arrived at the place where God had sent him, it's striking how absolutely rootless he was. Rootless. No roots. He lived in tents. In fact, it says that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all lived in tents. By faith, Abraham went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, living in tents for three generations. Fast forward to today. I don't think Gateway North would appreciate it if the building expansion, if the building took three generations to complete. <laughs> oh, God forbid. Oh, boy. So I have a question for you. And this is a question for me too. It's a question to consider in a personal or in a church context, whether it be Gateway North or Gateway East. How tempted are we to lose our trust in the Lord when we lack understanding about what he's doing? I'm tempted to do that. Fortunately, I have a wife who has a stronger trust reflex. And she says, Ken, just trust God. She says that to me a lot. Well, if you ever feel that way, remember that the one thing that's incompatible with faith is having to understand everything. We don't need to because God will make our paths straight. So if obedience is inseparable from faith and having to understand everything is incompatible with faith, what is the one thing that's invaluable? about faith. Going back to what I was saying about that lady's response to Gateway East, primarily meeting in small groups, the quick version of the story is that within five minutes, within five minutes of that conversation, God provided us a place for Gateway East to meet on Sunday mornings that was virtually free. Within five minutes, I hadn't even been looking before that. I hadn't even been considering the thought before then, and suddenly it was a... What? Wow. God showed us a place we could meet. That was the meeting room in the basement of that apartment building. And then as we grew, I began knocking on doors looking for a bigger place that we could meet because we needed something bigger. And everywhere I knocked, they said no. And Fiona urged me, Ken, just keep going back. Just keep going back and showing your face in those places. Just letting them, just so they know you're still interested. Now, it's a well-known fact that my face does not usually have a positive impact. <laughs> but Fiona just said, keep showing your face in these places. 
Then to my shock, a place that had previously said no, I went back and I said, hey, we're still here. How's it going? They said yes to me on the spot that day. They changed their mind. And that's the East Elmwood Community Center, which is right in the heart of the neighborhood that Fiona and I began ministering in 34 years ago. Right there on that spot. In fact, the house group that we began in, that began ministering in that neighborhood, was directly across the street from that community center. Isn't that cool, the way God does that? And this past Sunday at East Elmwood Community Center, we had 97 people present. We're told in Hebrews 11 verse 9 that the place that God led Abraham to live was the land of promise. The land of promise. And that's what growing from 25 people to 97 people can potentially feel like after just eight months. But then in verse 10... It says, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And then in Hebrews 11, let's read verses 13 to 16. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For Oh yeah, period. They were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that from which they had gone out, thinking about that from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. In other words, the promise of the land was real. It is, and is still going to be fully realized by God's chosen people. But, but, Hebrews describes Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as having faith for something eternal that the writer to Hebrews calls something better. Better than growing from 25 to 97 people. Better than the, West, the building in West St. Paul being completed and you moving in there. Better than us having to expand what Gateway East is meeting in now because we've outgrown the half of the gym. We've got our curtain down in the middle. And we've outgrown half the gym. We're needing to raise the curtain. God's got something better than that. Something heavenly. Something eternal. But it takes faith to lay hold of those promises. Not perfect faith. God makes it clear not perfect faith. The Bible is very clear that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had their flaws. He's not asking us to have perfect faith to fulfill his promises for us. He's just asking us to have faith. Just express faith as best you can and let God do the rest. Despite their flaws, Hebrews 11 presents Abraham... Isaac, and Jacob as a guide for us in a biblical value. And that is this. Their example provokes us to ask the question, will we pin our hopes on the things of this world or will we look forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God? Is our faith in the completion of a building as beautiful as that would be? Is our faith in Gateway East's rental of a place that has room to grow 
the best we've got, the best we can come up with, as helpful as that would be? Or do we want those things? Do we want that building? Do we want Gateway East to be able to expand into the rest of the gym? Do we want that so that we can use those things to help the people around us, to help others around us to look further ahead than this material world that's so unstable and so painful for so many, for those people to find something better, to find something eternal. Is it possible that he wants us to have that building in West St. Paul or to expand in Gateway East so that we can change other people's eternities? And they can find Jesus and spend eternity with him. Is it possible that God wants us to use, that God wants to use the long, unfulfilled promises in your life? Because I suspect that as I look around this room, there's people here who've been seeking to lay hold of promises that they feel God has given them, but those promises haven't been fulfilled. It may be promises regarding prodigals. It may be promises regarding marriages. It may be promises regarding having a family. It may be promises regarding employment. You've been longing for those promises fulfilled, but is it possible that God wants to use those unfulfilled promises for what may be very worthwhile things? to draw us closer to him as we seek him for those promises. You see what he's doing? He uses the promises of earthly things to get us seeking him and drawing closer to him, and then he points us to something better, something eternal, wonderful. Whatever you're seeking, even if it's a promise from God, know that you won't find true satisfaction in this world. A faith that's truly invaluable is a faith that focuses on Jesus and on sharing an eternal home with him forever above all else. The one thing that's invaluable about faith is that faith is the only way to lay hold of God's promises. So in closing, I want to ask you three questions. I'm going to ask them, I'm going to read them very slowly. And I just want you to ponder these three questions and then I'll close. Do I believe God has called me to do something that I've not yet been willing to obey? Do I believe God has called me to do something that I've not yet been willing to obey? Remember, the one thing that's inseparable from faith is obedience. The second question, is there a step of faith that I've been reluctant to take because I want all the details figured out first. Is there a step of faith I've been reluctant to take because I want all the details spelled out first? Because remember, the one thing that's incompatible with faith is needing to have everything figured out. And lastly, is God wanting to use a still unfulfilled promise he's given me to draw me closer to Jesus as I seek him for it? Is God wanting to use a still unfulfilled promise in my life to draw me closer to Jesus as I seek him for it? Because remember, the one thing that's invaluable about faith is it's the only way to lay hold of his promises. So keep seeking Jesus, and you'll find Jesus. Thank you for tuning in to the Gateway North podcast. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from God's word. To find out more about Gateway Church, head to gatewaywinnipeg.com.